Hello everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode, or these two weeks episode, of The Writer. This is episode three of season two, and I am very happy to be reading four more poems to you guys. We have two from my older raw writing style, and one to show my progress, and a new one that I wrote way more recently, maybe a few days ago. So without further ado, I would like to introduce my cousin Chance to the show. Alright, Chance, say hi to everyone for us. Hello everyone, thanks for having me. Well, it's good to have you, Chance. And the first poem I'm going to talk about is one that talks about season a day. Doing more each day to be able to make sure that your life counts. Then I'm going to get into a limerick that has to do with nothing. Nothing in particular except a village and their weird traditions. And then I'm going to talk about what my grandma's cooking was like for me as a child. And lastly, I'm going to finish it off with the new poem. So without further ado, here we go. Welcome back to The Writer. All right. Well, Chance, how do you feel about being on the episode today? I'm really excited. I gave these a couple good reads, and I'm really uh, excited to talk about them. They're great poems. All right. Sounds good. So here's the first one, a carpe diem poem called Seize the Day. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop around and look around once in a while, you could miss it. There's only so many things we can cross off our bucket list before our bodies seem to quit and we kick it. You only get to experience life once in a lifetime, so let's make it count. Take some time and figure out what you've got left to do. Add it all up, count and recount. Pack your bags, head out the door, and when you come back you'll know you want more. Life's beauties take us by surprise, so always have your camera out. And when you get that perfect picture, oh, to the rooftops, you will shout. So, how did you like that one? How are you feeling about that one? That's a really good poem. I think it brings a lot of, like, high energy. And it kind of reminds me just, like, how short, really, life is. And it brings about a couple longing feelings of just the brevity of life. But it's kind of brave and just makes you want to go out there and seize the day. You may say. Ah, I see. So those are like the emotions you're kind of feeling about yeah. it? Yeah, definitely. So what are, list at least one thing you would change about the poem or disliked? Well, I, I really like it. It's a short pick-me-up poem. I'd love like a little bit more depth and like personal meaning, like seeing a bit of Griffin in this poem. You feel like it's not so much about me, it's more about just the idea of season yeah, of the day. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I'd love to see you a bit more in that. Okay. All right. Noted. The, you do have to keep in mind that this is one of my older ones. Yeah, it's one of my more raw poems. So yeah, totally. there's that. Totally. Now, list at least two things you wouldn't change about the poem or liked. Well, I think it really just was a great reminder. And it's just such a good message just to really do your best in life. And I, I really like, I mean, it just it was a good message. Like, there wasn't so much as a story, but just as kind of something to remember and bring along in your day. That's interesting. Yeah, I like that. Awesome. It's a real good poem. That's good to hear. I'm really glad yeah. you enjoyed it. I did. Very so nice. next up, we have the limerick called Village S'mores. 
And uh, let me pull it up here for one second. All right, here we go. Village S'mores. Very, very short. Very, very uh, petite little poem here. <laughs> there once was a village named Sham. All they served were crackers called Graham. This place wasn't hidden next to a store, no kitten. They were free with the s'mores program. So, what emotions did this one make you feel? <laughs> well, I was very intrigued by the entire setting. And I, I, it really just sparked my imagination trying to think about really what the heck is happening here. Yep, yeah. and I had no idea what was happening. Yeah. <laughs> they just rhymed. Yeah. I mean, you do you do limericks. You have to rhyme the first two lines with each other, and then the second two lines after that rhyme with each other, and then the last fifth line rhymes the first two. Oh, okay, yeah. So that's like the structure of it, uh -huh. and you can really do anything with that. Yeah, yeah. So, what would be one thing you would change about it? Let's at least one thing you would change about it. I know the whole point of it is it's supposed to be short. But I love this scenario, and I kind of want more, like, depth. And I want to know more about my little s'more village, is what I really want. Is that what you want? That's what I want, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. And then what's two things you wouldn't change about it, or that you really liked? Yeah, well, I mean, the weakness is also its strength. I just like the brevity and just how short you keep it, while also, like, sparking, like, such a great imagination. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Cool. It was a great, like, landscape. I, I thought it was a great setting. Well, all right. Yeah. We kind of had two short poems right off the bat here. So I'm going to cut our halftime a little bit short. But uh, we'll be right back after a break. One moment. And we're back with uh, part two of this episode. So first we've got uh, Mamaw's Kitchen. I wrote this poem when I was trying, I went off of my list of topics, actually, and I was just writing about random things, trying to make my writing better. So this is the part where my, this is a poem where my writing started getting better. Okay. Uh, this is when I decided I didn't have to rhyme that much. So this is in a <laughs> folder on my OneDrive called It Doesn't Have to Rhyme. <laughs> So uh, here we go. This is Mama's Kitchen. I walked in and saw the butter, softly melting to a liquid that was perched like a motionless bird in a cage made of glass. My eyes sprinted through their sockets just to pinpoint my grandmother's next ingredient. The eggs cracked on the bowl like now useless leaves I just pounded my feet on to get to Mama's surprise. As I asked what the surprise was, I got about 15 years younger. I was no longer a young man, but a baby boy instead. I was smothered in a hug, breathless but alive. And then adrenaline trotted through my system as I saw the dregs of a cake in Mamaw's bowl. It was my favorite kind, one I always dream of eating. So as I got to lick the spoon and taste the fertile batter, I just knew in that moment. This was Mamaw's cooking. That's such a good poem. So, what emotions did this one make you feel? Well, sitting back and just closing my eyes and letting that one get in, I had so much nostalgia. I mean, I was right there with you pretty much, <laughs> basically. Right in Mamaw's kitchen every single time. And I remember her cooking, and it's just such a great memory. 
And of course, I feel a bit hungry. Yeah, of I, course. I need some of that dreg of cake. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right about now. For those of you who don't know, Mamma is what we call uh, Chance and my grandma on my dad's side. And she is wonderful at cooking. And everything she makes is eaten almost immediately by her grandchildren and children. And her cakes, oh, so good, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Those cakes are always so good. Oh, yeah. Anytime she makes a dessert, she kicks for 40, not four. <laughs> so we always get extra. But anyways, what's something, uh, what's one thing you would change about it? Well, I really like the depth and, like, the world that you built and kind of the way just to really set the scene. But to even do that better, you could add, like, some really descriptive adjectives on, like, things like the cake rather than just a drag of cake. Just, like, a drag of moist bun cake or something like that. Yeah. Something like, yeah, just to set the scene even better and get a... Good sense of what, but I mean, you did a great job. Of yeah, you that. want to know what the cake tasted exactly. like. Yeah, exactly. You I want, want to know it. how it felt in my mouth. Yes, I do. I do that. And that's something I had to learn. Like yeah. this is where I was just focusing on not rhyming, so I didn't. I wasn't yeah. focusing that much on like the adjectives yeah. or mm -hmm. what it was like to eat the cake and yeah. stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I definitely feel like I got better. Yeah. So, what are two things you liked about the poem? Well, I I mean, it really kind of put me right back in there. I remember exactly how it felt, how cozy and warm it was in that kitchen, and always felt so safe. And, and the set, the scene was set really well. It really made me push back. And and I do like also how you're shifting to this non-rhyming form. I, I think it's cool. I mean, I always think of poems as primarily like a, a big rhyme scheme, but clearly here you show that doesn't have to be the case at all. Exactly. Yeah. So. Awesome. Cool. All right. And now we're going to move into the second poem. I wrote this just a few days ago uh, called Light of Healing. I finished this on July 8th this month. So uh, here we go. So this poem, I don't know if you picked up on this, but there is something literal I'm talking about. There's something very literal I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And then there's a huge metaphor that's on the outside of this. I really wanted to write this poem to talk about this issue, this metaphor. Um, but I talked about something literal instead to kind of uh, transport that metaphor into the words. Yeah. So this is Light of Healing. Cracked and broken, lying there, forgotten and alone. Luxury in all its class, dying there, shattered and disowned. Yet we still pick up the glass slices, saying it's not even that bad. Thoughts of loss and the expenses, stabbing like puncture wounds. Its lifeless body jitters with the hope of resurrection. The grim reaper sulks close by, furious at its insurrection. We are in the debt of such a divine life force. We are in service to our technological master. We must bow our heads to the battery-powered holiness within, for we are screen-lit zombies, revived from an addiction. There is nothing compared to this poisonous empowerment, even if I am beaten by the toll on eyes and mind. 
Each day I rise far worse, weakened and spineless. Each day the chains to the kingdom tighten fetter. It's time I rebel. Down the titan who held me captive for so long. For I am fighting, through fighting to lose, chasing a figment of dreams. I black the screen and end the scenes of torment. My eyes on the golden light of healing. That is such a good poem. What are some? What are the emotions you felt with that? There are so many emotions. Um, first off, it talks a bit about pain and sorrow, but then quickly it follows. Just within that first stanza, it follows with like a bunch of optimism. Then going to the next stanza, it's just a complete loss of power. You feel almost completely helpless when you're reading this. So, um, do you know what I'm talking about? I, I would like to say that I do. I want to take your guess. What's your guess? Well, I'm gonna before s- I tell you, it's when it says screenlit zombies revive from addiction. I'm gonna. It's gonna have to be about. What do you think I'm literally talking about? I'm gonna say social media. So, so it's like social media, but more like how how interconnected we are yes. with our phones. Uh-huh. How much that these days? I say these days like I'm an old person but like nowadays with all of our new technology and the next new thing from apple and stuff like that there's just we're so into our phones that we hardly even know what's going on around us so and we're just like we're we basically can't get out of it right once you start up that phone and you're into the game or you're into the email or you're into the texting Mm -hmm. you can't get out of it yeah and you're like stuck there but it keeps hurting you. Like, it hurts your relationships. It's your family, your friends, whatever. Yeah, definitely. Don't you think? Oh, it definitely does, yeah. So with Personally. that, like, what do you think the metaphor is? It's a bit of a stretch. I'm, it's, don't feel bad if you don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. You don't I get don't it? Know. No, I don't know. So the metaphor that I'm talking about is being in, like, a toxic, toxic relationship. Whether it be with, like, a partner or friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, every line in there is a metaphor for that. How interconnected we yeah, are with our is. phones yeah. is how interconnected you get with someone who's toxic in your life. Yeah. Someone who just does the opposite of good for you, but you can't help but go back to them. Yeah. Until eventually you are through fighting to lose, chasing a figment of dreams, mm-hmm. hoping that they're going to be someone who they're not. So you block the screen and end the scenes of torment. Yeah. You get out of it. You find a way to fight back and you exit that relationship. Yeah. That's really cool. And your eyes are on the golden light of healing. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, what are what are two things you would change about the poem? I would change. I mean, one thing you would, would change that you disliked. Well, I mean, now that you say the metaphor, it's twice as brilliant like you all these things that actually have so much more meaning than you probably understood made it so much better and that's probably its main weakness is that i i had no idea the metaphor that it was trying to talk about at first like there's such a strong meaning and such great messages trying to be shared but it's just kind of it needs one more step for the reader to kind of be able to really understand that it's about these relationships. And it's about this toxic environment that's fought, that can be fostered with things that are bad for you. So how do you think, like, how would you, rec- how would you do it? 
would you like last line just hit him with uh, something that has to directly do with those friendships or relationships or whatever? I mean, I would say what would be your you're way better. Of course, you're better at this than me. But I would like throughout the piece have a bit more direct lines to the issue. Like say something about maybe directly mention a relationship or kind of this toxic environment that's being talked about like directly rather than having indirect indirect after indirect i mean great lines with great depth and great meaning but but you want to i want to know what i'm talking to get the metaphor you want to be able to directly relate yes oh he might not be talking about like this this literal thing maybe he's talking about this other thing yeah exactly that's exactly okay that's definitely something for me to keep in mind yeah what are two things, you, at least at least two things you wouldn't change about it? Well, I mean, overall, this poem is really, really good. Uh, it Through the entire thing, it felt like a, a journey. The, all these different emotions, I mean, even in one stanza, you'll get a different change of emotions. And then the next, it's about a whole other topic that you're trying to grasp again. And it's, it's just such a, it really is, I hate to say it, but it's like a roller coaster, really. Like, it's up and down, you're filled with hope, it's lost again, and then at the very end, it comes back up. That's what I like, that's what I like about it. It ends on a lot of optimism and hope. That's, that's, that's one of my favorite parts. Awesome. So good to hear it. Yeah. Well, thank you for your advice and all that. And now to wrap everything up, I have three end-of-show questions I'd like to ask you. So the first one is list at least one way you've seen my evolve writing evolve from the past to now. Well, I think your your fluidity is certainly much better. Like every poem goes in a more smooth manner. Everything fits together well. Like it used to seem like it was a line followed by a separate line. Kind of choppy. Very choppy. Not very choppy. But choppy. I mean, and now everything fits together as one as one poem rather than a bunch of different lines fit together as under one topic. Like in Seize the Day. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Versus now. Exactly. And then, of course, your vocabulary is much better. Like, this is this is crazy right here. This one, I mean, where where's the good one? I mean, just, it's not even necessarily vocabulary. It's just your way that you can form words into weird different phrases that I could never even think of putting together. And I like battery powered. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly like that. And then just your depth and the meaning behind your poems are, are so much stronger. Like, like this one, really, this kind of sums it up. This is a great poem. There's so much depth and so much meaning in it. So much so that I didn't understand it first, <laughs> but yeah. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Any feedback or advice you have for the show? I mean, I'm I'm really loving the show. I think if you just keep on doing what you're doing, you'll just get better over time. I mean, it's already great now. Do you th- do you agree with my decision to have guests on the show? Oh yeah, I I think it's a good addition. I think it adds another voice and gets kind of a. I mean, you're a great po- poet. Poet is the word. And I think I am not a great poet. I think it maybe lets the listener kind of 
See, like, an outside yeah, perspective. exactly. On. Yeah, and your kind of comment on those perspectives without having to necessarily reach out to you. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. And then any feedback or advice for my writing in general? I mean, I really don't think so. You're certainly a better poet than I, and I will always listen and support. And as you go... I mean, once again, you're just getting better and better as time goes. I think it's really great that you are kind of going away from these different cliches of poems. Like, you know, you don't have to rhyme. It's, I mean, it sometimes that's what it calls for, but sometimes it doesn't. You can create an even better poem with twice the meaning, and it's just no rhymes. I mean, it's they're two completely different things. I think it's really cool. So, well, awesome, yeah, James. Keep on it. Thank you for uh, being on the show today. Yeah, sure. I really appreciate your preparedness, your insight, and just everything you had to say. Thank it was you. wonderful. You were an excellent guest. Thank you very much, Griffin. You're an excellent host. Thank you. All right, everyone. This was Chance Harvey and Griffin Pofall signing off on this bi-weekly podcast of The Writer. Please tune in in the next two weeks for my fourth episode of season two. Thank you all for listening and have a wonderful rest of your day.